Hi, I'm Jenna, and welcome to a Mom's Nightly Life Talks. So, welcome to the show. This podcast is mainly uh, going to be about my life as a mom. I have two young sons, um, mixing it with my growth as a new Christian and just learning how to navigate the two and what I do on a daily. So we might do some Bible verses, we might just have some general conversation. Um, I just felt like with the political atmosphere being what it is, that, you know, sometimes the best outlet is just to, to kind of go on rants and to talk. That's the best option, in my opinion. And I find that as myself, I'm stuck at home by myself. Not a lot of adult conversation to be happening. So this is a really good outlet for me and a way to keep myself on track, reminding myself that God is good. He is in my life and I need to be living my life for him and doing things for him and exalting him in what I do. And what put me on this path, interestingly enough, was my pastor was teaching, uh, I think it was about two Sundays ago, and his message was on living your life for God and how easy it was to get sidetracked because we as Christians know that that's the answer that's what we should say and yet you know it's so easy to get wrapped up in living for just getting dinner ready as a mom of under two I just need to get dinner that's what I'm that's what I'm getting for is just eight o'clock tonight when they go to bed Um, and I'm not living for God or exalting him really in those actions and I don't think that it's possible to do it in every little thing we do I think that'd be asking a ginormous task However, I do think that as a new mom for myself, I struggle a lot in just ignoring it more than I should be and not doing it as often as I could be when the opportunity presents itself. And so I'm hoping that by doing this podcast for myself and for those that wish to listen, uh, it'll help us all stay in God's grace and understanding and get closer with him and you can join me on my journey as I try to navigate um, Christianity as I myself am quite new to it. I've only been a Christian for about three years. I was baptized in October of 2017. Not that that marks the beginning of my faith, um, but I wasn't decided that I was going to follow Christ until that moment and until I was baptized. So for me, that is my defining day that I choose when people ask me how long I've been a Christian, because it's a common question, funny enough. That's the day and the year that I pick. So I figured a good way to get started into my little podcast and the conversation was to start with myself, because obviously you could dive right into a bunch of verses, but I wasn't really prepared with that or ready to do like a devotional. I felt like the best way to start off... um, discussing Christianity was how I came to my faith and that kind of requires us to go back to when I was younger and I grew up in a secular home so for me faith looked a lot like it's fate it's karma you know what goes around comes around my mom had tarot cards so that that was what (laughs) sorry that's my two-year-old my mom had tarot cards and things like that when you know, she felt like she needed to do that. There was dream interpretations, all sorts of kind of stuff. And so growing up with that home environment didn't really do too much in the sense of giving me any kind of faith. I always knew that there was a bigger something out there. I just didn't know what that bigger something was. And I think we're honestly all born with the knowledge that there's something out there. Like there is something you would rely on. And a lot of people choose not to believe that it's a God. They choose to believe in themselves. Um, 
they choose to believe in, like I said, fate or karma or some people believe in Mother Nature. Um, and for me, it was kind of a combination of everything. So, you know, I knew of God because we had a Bible in our home. But to be honest, it was mainly for show. It was a heirloom of some sorts that my great grandma or something um, got and passed down the line. So it didn't ever get opened. It was never taken off the shelf or anything like that. It was honestly just an ornamental thing that sat there and I never took an interest in it. I just knew that it was called a Bible. That's all I knew. Um, and so what really sparked it for me, my interest in my change, was that my brother uh, had a friend who went to church. His whole family went to church every Sunday, and they had invited him to go. And he went by himself. My mom said, yeah, go ahead. By all means, they can take you. So he did a sleepover and goes. He would have been maybe 10, so I would have been like 7. And uh, he goes or whatever. And he said he had a really good time. He had lots of fun. There was uh, these other kids. Um, and that he wanted us as a family to start going with their family. So we started to go and he enjoyed his time. Uh, the way this church was set up was they uh, had multiple different classes for different age groups. So him being a preteen as 10, he had his own age group. I had mine. And then, you know, as you got younger, right, baby care and all that kind of stuff. And then the adults stayed for the adult sermon. The issue that I had once I came out of it was that they didn't really teach much uh, to the children at my age of seven about God. We did things like chubby chugging contests and coloring pages um, and arts and crafts. It was honestly like a daycare. I don't really remember too much being all that God themed. So it worked out for me because I was still allowed to believe in fate and karma and go do these fun activities on Sunday without ever actually having to give up my true beliefs. And they never asked me to and they didn't really teach me on anything. So it was kind of a win-win in my opinion and I kept going to that church for quite some time until finally um, they had some different beliefs to my mom and she pulled us out due to just the difference of I she didn't want us learning whatever it was they were teaching so I stopped going and I probably stopped going when I was nine so two years in total of going on Sundays and by then my mom had really ingrained in us what she believed was moral and that's fine she wasn't she's not far off it's not like my mom's an immoral person in that she was 100% wrong um, but, you know, as I say, it does come with some different standards, of course, and different things like that. So I grew up and continued going on. Now, part of my history is that I was sexually abused at a very young age. Um, by the age of four, we had moved. So I'm from Canada. So we had moved from Armstrong to Fort McMurray. And when I was in Fort McMurray, I was sexually ab abused. I was touched and um, multiple times repeatedly this wasn't a once a time one time offense it was a reoccurring thing and the only way that it stopped was when we finally moved to Kelowna and that was when we started going to church and I learned about how God doesn't you know he doesn't do bad things he's this all-loving all-caring God never questioned it I was doing therapy and things like that by the time though that I had turned 13 and 14 uh, I had a quite a hate on for for the Lord I was pretty mad I, honest to God, really thought that 
he was the worst thing out there and that anyone that believed in him was absolutely stupid because their loving and caring God did not exist. He was not a person that I had ever seen, nor did he do anything that remotely gave me the impression that he loved or understood his people. So I was extremely embittered. I would curse him. I would ask him why. I would beg him to make the pain stop because it really, really did hurt me uh, what had happened and I wasn't dealing with it very well. And unfortunately, because I wasn't dealing with it very well, and among other things that were going on in my life, I was raped by a 30-year-old man at the age of 14 under the guise that he loved me and that he wanted me and that it was an appropriate relationship when I'm sure you, as you're hearing this, you and everyone else knew it was not an appropriate relationship. There was no relationship to be had and the fact that he was pursuing one was extremely disgusting and pedophilic. So unfortunately, um, I had said no to him and I wasn't interested in physically getting intimate, but we could still have an emotional relationship. And he pressured and pushed and prodded and poked. And eventually it did end up being a rape um, because I was underage and not of legal age to give consent, let alone the fact that I was saying no and not forcefully, but still a no, doesn't matter. Uh, He didn't face any charges or anything like that because I never came out with it. It was unfortunate that he was an uncle of a close friend of mine. And so I didn't want to cause her family the harm as they had been so kind to me and done so much. So I buried it deep down inside and didn't talk about it. And my mom had found out about it and she'd gone to the police, but there wasn't really much that could be done if I wasn't willing to cooperate um, with the situation. And I was still slightly um, messed up. And so I believed that her telling the police was wrong uh, and I was like that wasn't for you to tell and I felt extremely victimized all over again so I would um, unfortunately sit a lot of the time crying in the dark rather depressed rather upset hating myself and I would sit there and I would go why God why why would you let these men do this to me why would you allow this to happen and it all stems to that I an extremely absent father figure. I didn't have a dad in my life. My mom was a single mom. The father that I do have, he is still alive and I do talk to him now, but at the time uh, he was a drug addict and he was a drug dealer. He was not a man that my mom felt comfortable having in our lives um, or around us. And she did try on occasion when he was clean to have him come around, but he was just unreliable and completely chaotic and it caused a lot of issues again for myself because of the fact that I didn't have a good relationship with men at all, period. The only man or men that I can honestly say that I had a good relationship with were my brother and my uncles. That was it. Um, My uncle being my mom's two brothers. So those were my figures and my two uncles didn't live near us. So that was unfortunate as it was the only time that I was really influenced by them was when we would do the occasional family camping trip. Other than that, we lived about eight hours away from them. So that being a bit of my history and the main events that really truly caused issues um, and caused me to just never want to believe in him, I thought that how can you claim to me that he's this loving and amazing God that he is supposed to protect me and want me and is there for me when all these horrible, horrible things had happened to me at his behest, because according to the every you know every Christian I'd ever met, God controls everything. So that only would make sense that if he's in control, he allowed these horrible things to occur. Um, and he allows murder, and he allows rape, and he allows all this. So I was 
pretty vindictive and I would definitely get into it with people on the internet and just be like, you guys are ridiculous. You guys are stupid. I did not say it as nice as I am currently. I used much more colorful language and I would straight out brawl. I've been in many, many physical altercations over religion, but over just other stupid stuff. Simple as a cigarette, to be honest. I was not, um, was not a good kid. I was a stressful kid. I can tell you that right now. I stressed my mom out to no end. And I was in and out of the house. I was running away. I was dating multiple men. I had honestly lost my virginity at obviously being raped. But when I actually chose to finally be intimate with a man, wasn't really that far after. I was 15, as I say. And I was 15 in August. And I engaged in that act at 15 in September and I would only been raped um, at 14 in like April so there was really only like a five to six month difference between when I decided to give what I deemed my virginity away and when it was taken from me so that all being said um, what ended up happening was with my heart being so hardened and my lack of ability to well be intelligent to be honest with men I just had the worst worst decisions when it came to who I dated uh, I ended up in a very toxic relationship. Thankfully, it would be my last toxic relationship, I am so, so proud to say. But this man was probably the most toxic of them all. He had isolated me from all my friends and family. He had me move in with him. He had me quit my job. I dropped out of school for him, and I was on antipsychotics along with antidepressants in order to the depression and the isolation and the sickness that I was feeling because he was making me feel that way. So basically what came of that was that my mom and a friend had to come and remove me from that situation forcefully uh, and they wouldn't let me go back to him. They were keeping me out of his sights kind of thing. He'd stop by the house uh, a few different times and attempted to get me to come back to him. He tried all sorts of tactics, bargaining, threatening, uh, he even, we had a cat together, so he had used that as leverage over me. Uh, so again, very toxic, and I truly believe that love, this is what I deserved. I, I was owed this for all the bad things I've done, and at the same time, I was sitting there with the complex of, why me? Woe is me. God hates me. He doesn't care about me. Look at the situation he's got me into again, not taking any credit for my stupid choices. And eventually, I was back at home, um, no job, no school, uh, no friends. I definitely had annihilated any chance of being friends with anybody. And I finally had an opportunity to work at uh, Staples. <laughs> Go Staples! And that is where I met my husband. And I didn't know it at the time. Uh, we had started talking uh, through a work function and we were messaging back and forth and texting and he'd help me with some boxes because I was my smart choice I was moving in with an ex uh, instead of just finding my own place or a roommate I decided my roommate should be my ex-boyfriend really smart on my behalf but either way he uh, my husband was really good about it and he helped me get some boxes um, and he put stuff aside that like larger shipments came in for me uh, and he was just really all around quite helpful and we got to like you know, obviously talking a little bit more and eventually we went on a date and I liked him and things like that. I was pretty aggressive, I won't lie, in the sense that um, I was cussing and uh, my perspective was very aggressive. Pretty sure I even was sexually a bit aggressive with him because I felt like that's what men wanted. And we ended up deciding to date 
and that set my roommate slash ex-boyfriend off so that put me in a dangerous awkward position there Uh, and I ended up having to move in with my now husband when we were maybe three weeks a month into dating Um, and it was kind of nerve-wracking because I couldn't believe he was one willing to do so and two I can't believe it worked out but I didn't know something about him when I decided to move in with him and that was that my husband uh, was a Christian that came out when I was living with him he was doing a Thursday night Bible study which he'd managed to just I always worked Thursdays for the most part so it had always just kind of gotten unnoticed and uh, one day I was on my way home from work and I wanted him to come pick me up and he had said that he wasn't able to and I didn't know why I would have to take the bus when he lived so close and he had a car and he kind of didn't tell me what it was for until finally he was like well I have this bible study that I don't want to miss and it starts like in the next 10 minutes and so it'd be better if I took the bus and I sat there at that bus stop for a really good minute I didn't reply to him I I walked over to the bus stop and I really truly contemplated this I was like oh no he's a christian this is not going to go well i don't hold to any of his beliefs i was like maybe he's not that bad maybe he's like that church that i went to when i was really really young where like you could pretty much believe anything in their church and still be considered you could be buddhist and still be considered uh a christian in that church so i was like maybe you know it's gonna be that situation where it just won't really matter and so i sat there kind of wondering maybe I should just cross the street there's another bus stop across the street and I get on that one and it takes me to my mom's house I could just I could go back there it wasn't a great alternative but you know what it was an alternative and I didn't want to get myself into another bad situation and I was still trying to kind of detox from the last one or I could stay where I was and get on the bus and have to have a conversation of I'm sorry excuse yourself (laughs) you're a what now Um, and I was kind of thankful that the bus took as long as it did because it gave me quite a bit of time to think about it. But finally I could see the bus was rounding the corner and I had to make a choice, cross the street or stay where I was and, and go and talk this out because I was not willing to cave to my beliefs, nor did I expect that he, he was. So I waited and I waited and there was the bus and I didn't move and I didn't move. And eventually I got on the bus and I was like, you know what? I constantly preach tolerance. I tell people that I'm tolerant. I say it doesn't matter what you are, even though it definitely did. I'd cut you out in a freaking heartbeat if I knew anything about you that I didn't like. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I was like, I'm going to show this Christian guy why everything he believes is wrong. I was like, I'm going to rip his world apart with the arguments that I had accumulated on the internet in my Facebook knowledge And I was going to prove to him that his God was not loving, his God was not understanding, and his God was not real. He was not there. And I get to the house or whatever, and he was on his Bible study, so I wasn't going to do it while he was listening. And I I refused. I refused to listen to these Bible studies. Uh, I knew that they were Thursday night, and I think he even listened to them on Sunday mornings because he didn't go to a church where we were living in Kelowna. So he did everything online. And so I absolutely was like, this is garbage. This is absolute garbage. So when he got off his Bible study, and for anyone that does want to know, he was listening to Randy White Ministries. That is who he aligns. Well, we now align ourselves with, but that was who he was listening to at the time. And uh, he was like, yeah, I was listening to my Bible study. It's a really good Bible study. They were doing revelations at the time. 
And I was like, I'm not going to discuss this with you. I'm going to make this extremely clear. I was super, super rude, super mean, almost hurtful. And I was like, I won't tolerate it. So don't come at me with that. I don't care. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to see it. I don't believe in it. And, you know, we can coexist with it, but it better not affect me. Basically, I got real selfish. And he was like, that's fine. He's like, but understand that I'm going to go to this at these designated times. And so you're going to have to figure out something to do with yourself if you don't want to listen to it. And I was like, fine, fine, fine by me. So things would happen and uh, it started with politics. So that's a good place to start in a relationship. We definitely differed on politics. I hated our prime minister at the time, which was on the conservative party side, based on all the stuff that I heard about him. I hadn't really done any research into our premier myself, but whatever. I still hated him. That's because I wasn't educated at the time. And uh, from that, he he started to kind of pick pick me, pick at me about it. Uh, he would point out little things that are like hip- hypocritical and. I was like, fine, okay, fine. I was like, fine, fair enough. I agree. My candidate does sort of suck. So I guess they both suck. And if they both suck, then we need new candidates. And he was like, well, you know, he's like, basically what they say nowadays is that no matter what party you vote for, they basically are just towing the line. So even if you vote conservative, they're still going to do what the liberals were going to do and vice versa. If you can't tell, I live in Canada. So, or if I didn't mention that before, I live in Canada. So that all being said, um... I changed my politics a little bit. Not much, but I changed them enough that we were able to coexist on that platform. But the big rock that pretty much shattered everything for him and I was creationism versus evolution. Now, I know this is a sensitive topic in and of itself within Christian worldviews, and I understand there are some churches that teach that evolution is a part of creation and that they co-mingle. I am not of that stance. I will tell you that right now. I do not believe that evolution and creationism coexist. It is one or the other, and I am on the side of creation. I personally believe that the very facts that evolutionists use is the same facts that we use. It is just two different interpretations of the science. So that being said, I'm not going to get into that argument because I'm honestly not really that well versed in it anymore. I could have argued that to the cows came home when my husband and I were having this argument. I was pro-evolution and I completely 100% thought I was in the right. And I did have a small inkling that maybe evolution wasn't as complete as I'd hoped because I remember from grade 11 biology when you are learning Darwin's theory that in the back of his book and in other literature interviews and things like that, he does mention that if you don't find these missing links and if you don't find these other things, then as it stands, then you can't claim my theory is correct. And they have yet to find them. They are still searching for them. And by all means, go with God. So I was pretty hung Dory and whatever you want to say. I can't remember the saying now because my brain is jumbled by the two children that are running around. Um, from that being the case, I was pretty stuck on my my side of the argument and he had brought up a couple facts the main one that caused me to question my beliefs was that they had recently found a foot a dinosaur foot that still had tissue and blood vessels intact now i had looked up a million articles that had said that that was because of iron in the blood and because of all these other uh, minerals and things like that so that's why this like billion year old dinosaur was able to survive in such pristine conditions 
his argument, obviously based in biblical matters, is that if if they found this, then it's more plausible that the timeline is not correct and that, bless you, uh, and that, you know, it wasn't billions and millions of years ago. It was probably more like a thousand. That's why you would find things. And the quick fossilization of the Grand Canyon and things like that coincides with the flood. Many more arguments, like I said, I won't get into much of that. And it really shattered my beliefs because I was like, wow, there's actually evidence for the other side. They actually have science backing them. Okay, like I need to reevaluate. So I was researching and researching and researching and researching any freaking way to prove that he was wrong, that iron really could preserve this foot, that all these things could really happen. But the more you dwelled into it, or I dwelled into it, I discovered that he was indeed correct, that uh, there really is no way to explain it scientifically at the time, and I don't think they've managed to conclude a scientific way today, that that foot was preserved, and I had to reevaluate some things. So I started being in the room for his Bible studies. I was listening to Randy, but not listening to him. I was kind of playing on my phone, or I was doing something else in the room, that I'd catch little glimmers of what they were discussing, and eventually I started asking my husband about them. <clears throat> Revelations is probably not the best place to start. I don't highly recommend it because it was extremely confusing for me, and I still to this day don't have a clue what is happening in that book. It is not one that is taught on often, and it is not one I've personally decided to get into or research. That all being said, um, eventually I started actually just joining him on his Thursday night Bible studies. And as Randy was preaching, and Randy is a preacher that honestly just preaches um, verse by verse and breaks it down into the different uh, languages and origins and really gets into what the context of the book was, it started to make more sense to me. And it really opened my eyes to the idea that Christianity might be different than what I anticipated, that I might have had it wrong and that God did love me and that it's just the world is sinful and that has nothing to do with God's love for me, but everything to do with the sin that is taken over, um, such as, you know, childbirth being painful. That's no fault of mine. It's not like God was like, let's make sure that every woman screams in agony when they have children. Um, it's part of a curse. It's part of a sin nature. It is a byproduct of that. So things like murder and rape and all that had to become a byproduct of the fact that, you know, we are fallen. We are not perfect. We are not what we were in the garden um, and what we could have been. And it started to make it a lot easier to forgive those that had harmed me and to forgive what had happened to me. And I started to find that I finally had a father figure. I finally had a father who truly cared and a father that had answers and a father that when I was feeling lost or scared or didn't know what to do, I could go to and run to. And I remember one specific night, and this was when I officially became a Christian. This is the story <clears throat> in a nutshell. And not long after that, I was baptized. Um, was that my husband and I had watched a horror movie. I think it was Insidious, which is demonic and things possessing you and dream hopping. And I got really scared to sleep. Because if I go to sleep, I was like, there's demons in this netherworld and this in-between that want my body. And like... <laughs> My husband just goes, yeah, well, honey, there's a hundred demons around us right now. And I go, excuse me, repeat yourself, sir. And he goes, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like where there's dark, there's always, they're always lurking. They're always waiting. They, they're always there. I was like, that's not funny if that's meant to be a joke. And he was like, it's not a joke. He's like, that is truly the situation as it stands. He's like, there's demons around us all the time. 
He's like, but I'm good. I've got Jesus. And legitimately falls asleep maybe five minutes after he says that to me. And I was already scared. And I'm like, this is great. I'm like terrified right now. I have no idea what to do. He says he is Jesus. But like, what does that do? What honestly is that going to accomplish? And I was sitting there and I was thinking back because we'd gone to a few sermons. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, believing in Jesus and, you know, what Randy says and what this other pastor that we started kind of trying to go to. I was like. I come to him, he is light, and where light is, darkness can't exist. And so I did. I just sat there, and I, for the first time, instead of sitting down to yell and curse and accost God, asked him to save me. I was like, please, I'm scared. I don't know what, what I'm going to do. I don't know what I've been doing, but I know that it's not working and it's not right. And only you are the way to fix this. And only you can bring me the peace that I've so desperately sought for years, for years at this point. And I really wanted that to be the case. I just wanted to feel whole again. And I prayed, I'd come clean and, and told him everything, which he already knows because he's, he's God. But I sat there and I, I started crying because it was a lot. It was a lot to unburden myself of. And once I had unburdened myself and come to him and asked for his forgiveness and asked for his grace, asked for his hand, I just felt this serene sense of calm and it was probably the best sleep I've ever had in my life. And the next morning I had told my husband what had happened and he was very proud and very happy to hear that. And we started just making very subtle changes and we started going to a church again in Kelowna. Again, it wasn't really that great for us. We didn't find that we aligned too much with them. Um, eventually we moved to Calgary and we go to a wonderful church here where I, we, we searched by the way for however long to find one. And once we moved to Calgary and I found the church, I was baptized with that church. And now I'm a member of that church and can honestly say that I'm so thankful to the Lord, to my husband, to the pastors, to all those that influenced my life and influenced my decision to come to the Lord and truly accept the peace and the comfort that comes with knowing him to finally be able to know that no matter the situation, no matter what's going to happen in this world uh, that there's a next and I get to spend it with those that I love. Now, unfortunately, my family isn't saved, but I still love my fellow brethren in Christ. I love everyone in my church family. They have been amazing supportive people. I love my husband. And at the moment, my children, if anything were to happen because they are so young and I believe in what's called the age of innocence, would also join me up there. And one day I hope to raise them in Christ so that even when they're past the age of innocence and they truly have an understanding, they will come to know God as the God I should have seen him for in the beginning, which is a God that loves me like a father. I am his child. And if I have so much love for my two sons, I can't imagine the love that God holds in his heart for us and how much it hurts when we do curse him or hurt him or disappoint him. Um, and I don't mean in the small sinful things. I'm sure those hurt him. I mean like the big things. I was truly hateful towards him. I truly used any opportunity I could and sought out every opportunity on social media to basically call him out as a fraud. And it's amazing now to see the turnaround and see that sometimes I'm the Christian reason in the home where my husband is getting angry or something has happened and I have to be like, okay, but the Lord says, and you have to do this. And let's remember that this is how we're supposed to handle these situations. And uh, to find that those subtle changes, I won't say that this all happened overnight. 
and I'm still so, so far from where I could be. I make it sound like I do all this amazing stuff that's so Christian and so um, profound, but if I'm being honest, I am extremely sinful to this day, and that was part of why I wanted to do this podcast, was to keep myself more accountable and to remember my story of salvation, why I came to God, and the peace that he offered me, and the love that is there for me through Jesus, through his sacrifice that he gave his son for us, that I don't have to worry about my small sinful acts of impatience and my bigger acts of sin, which was accosting God in every front that I could think of. I'm every day thankful for that, but I don't show it, and I certainly don't think it, and I probably don't pray on it enough. So just for those that do listen that are like, wow, that's just so inspiring. Do keep in mind, I'm ex- that's like the base level, okay? I'm at, I'm at basics. I haven't reached high masters or whatever you want to call it. I'm nowhere near where I could be and where my growth should be. Uh, because I've allowed myself to be stunted among millions of other things that happen in the day-to-day life. And this podcast and life is helping me to stay more accountable and to do this. And I want to do this so that I can remember every day that the Lord is good, he is kind, and he loves me. And I won't uh, take up too much more time, but I did want to share a verse that means a lot to me. And that is, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And for me, that is honestly like the verse that stands out the most and means the most to me because it shows that I am new and I can be better than I was and that things will be better ultimately in the end and so I do want to say thank you for listening and honestly I'm really really sorry for the ups and downs of the volume I don't have a mic specific to this and I was kind of taking care of my kids while doing this which was probably a bad idea because I had to like stop recording and then pick up recording and then stop recording in different areas of the home so I do apologize for that and I will try for the next time I do this to stay in one location and do the the podcast throughout to avoid the volume going up and then going completely quiet and going around and then hopefully um, I will invest in a proper mic so that this doesn't happen and you don't catch up a lot of background noise but thank you for enduring all of that and listening to my podcast and listening to my story of salvation and I just want to say um, bless your family and bless you and have a good night